0: Yeah, yeah, I want nothing to do with the word pod ever again.
1: Yeah, the like, yeah friends of the pod, and I'm like, oh fuck, don't don't say friends of the pod. Nothing that doesn't sound good. Doesn't sound cool.
0: If anything, I'm down with the hive. You know, the AOL chat room for three eleven.
1: Yeah, it, it. aim is aim is going down in like a month or two. Do you do you see that?
0: Jesus Christ,
1: aim is finally shutting down after like many many great years of. Now what does
2: what does that what does that mean though? Like, are they turning the servers off? Or are they just yeah, like are like, there like no tech people like fixing bugs in it anymore?
1: No, like they're turning the whole the whole service off. Like, you won't be able to sign in.
2: That seems and like you a waste. To... To just put ads on it. I mean, what else does America Online have going for him?
1: Well, they're like they said they no, basically no one uses it anymore because everyone just does, does you know they use Skype as we're using today. We're not sponsored by Skype, but we do use Skype or uh, Facebook chat
0: Skype, or GChat Skype, 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 Skype. or you know, I was at a, a, a like a testing like a group. Nope, nobody thing nobody uses some, GChat. Come on, some teleconference software, and at the end of the thing, they're like, "So, what did you think about that?" And I was just like, you know, working the, the office, so to say, and I'm just like, "Uh, you guys heard of Skype?" or um team speak or uh discord because they already do all of that and they're like what what is the science that you speak of I'm just like oh
1: fuck well, so much I, for i, I think reliable the mar- industries. i think the market for like unless you're developed like you're gonna be able to introduce holograms um the uh the movie the is that the sequel to ngrams holograms
0: <laughs> <The> proverbial <laughs> sequel actually
1: the proverbial sequel uh but yeah, until until uh someone's doing that, I think the market for internet talk services has been cornered.
0: You got a point though, holograms would be sick. That would convince me to buy like anything, basically. Just I, oh yeah, I, but when you talk to someone, a hologram of them appears in real space on your table. Like, okay.
1: You know, like so you I, got it. I get people would be excited about that. I would not be excited about that, much like I don't want to video chat. Like when, when my girlfriend and I were living long distance, she'd be like, let's video chat. I'm like, I don't want to fucking video chat. That means I have to sit in one place and look. Like I can't wander what? around and like put away the dishes or make my lunch or you know, do any things I normally would want to do when I'm on the phone with someone. Now I just got to sit Man, in one place and look.
2: That, that hits me right essence. in the feels because I've had those conversations before being like, listen, I love you, but I just don't want to do this.
0: Something <laughs> weird about like the lag in like you're trying to talk to someone and you miss a word. It's like, wait, the entire last 30 seconds doesn't make any sense at all. Can we, what are you, did you see, did you hear, did you, did... basically it turns into that. Like,
2: yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, babe. I was trying to bid on this uh, Brainiac vinyl on eBay totally didn't hear about how you just buried your dog.
0: You know how, like, the term ghosted? We should have the term alt-tabbed. It's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> <She> got- <laughs> alt-tabbed.
1: Got AT'd. Do Bra- does Brainiac vinyl run <laughs> a lot these days?
0: Dude,
2: I've been trying to get Bonsai Superstar forever. The only time I've seen it, it was like $300, and it disappeared very quickly.
1: I, uh, I, I randomly stumbled upon the hissing static coacher one, like, at a record. Hissing Prigs and that, I, st- I like Is ran- that the one with
2: the dancing 90s girl on it? Yeah, with all the bees. Okay.
1: Yeah, I randomly just like, I was at a record store and it was there and I'm like, oh, I remember Cedric said this is a good band and so then I bought it. And uh-
0: Did Cedric post a can video, like a live can clip? Do you guys know what clip that was? Do you remember? I mean kind like, like a can he- flute
2: he pips can all the time, so I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Ah, I, I wish
0: I could know what that clip. It was on his Lunar Power Six 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 channel back in the day, and it was like Did really. Have, tight. Um, I want to show it to somebody, but
2: was it one of those like old school ones? Um, uh, the ones that I can't, I can't remember the name of the show. It was some German show where they would have like a green screen background. The yeah. B Club. Oh yeah, was it a yeah. B Club one? Um, that... Yeah,
0: it's black and white, and they have the shots of all the people in the audience just kind of like, "What is oh. this?" chaos? Oh, black and It sounds and white. like electronica, but it's like a pan flute. That's different.
1: Oh wait, no, that's not can. You're talking. Um, that video is. Uh, I'm gonna be really impressed with myself. That's Kraftwerk and the song is Rook Zook.
2: <sighs>
1: ah, okay. I love you because I love that video because that's also one of my <laughs> favorite. Yeah. Um, that's one of my favorite. Yeah, that's it. Oh, I love it. Yeah, we're like the guy Thanks. in the beginning is like just kind of like in the audience is bobbing down and he's smoking a cigarette. Like, yeah, this fucking shit rules. Back when that's Kraftwerk so was just not four guys standing in a row on MacBooks, but they like had all the. The analog machines, and we're plugging cables in this shit. And there's a guy with a flute. I loved old craftwork. Those first two albums are really, really good. All this the stuff too.
0: Them. we should do a craftwork compilation one day. And uh, just a word to our fans: if you have your own questions, send them in to Alex Obscure Video uh, Reconciliation Artist.
2: <laughs> he has a second angle of the Zapruder film.
0: <laughs> that's that's right, folks. Inside the car.
2: I I also have a
1: copy of the original ending to Star Wars where um the Emperor is Chewbacca's father. It was really weird. The plot the plot gaps do not add up.
2: <laughs> have you ever seen the original uh beginning of it? Uh, Return what? of the Jedi? No, of uh uh New Hope. What's no. I don't think I have. It's it's pretty boring. He was gonna open it um <laughs> well it's cool but like when you it's cool in concept but when you watch it it's kind of boring so like uh you know the the opening happens as is but it's intercut with um luke on tatooine watching the battle um with these binoculars and he can see it in the sky and then he goes and tells his friends about it and they don't believe him And like uh biggs is one of the friends and they have like a heartfelt goodbye which makes sense why they'd um you know link back up together later on in the film right
1: and he never made it to the Tachi station to get some power converters. That's where
2: he goes. He goes to or it's either that or anchorhead. I can't remember which one, but they actually show it.
0: We all know huh. that uh Darth Jar Jar was his original plan. His actual oh, that man. video has so much proof. I just I love how it's like he the the hateful reaction to Jar Jar must have made him like change his mind and made episode two suck instead of redeeming all of the Okay, yeah, I'm serious, but you know.
1: No, no, I uh <laughs>
0: You heard about the Darth I, Charger thing, right? That was I, such...
1: I've, I've heard the fan theory, and it, it definitely has a lot of validity to it.
0: Could have been, like, you know, amazing, but he probably buckled.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, I don't think
1: it was really going to be... Th- it just, you know, sometimes people glue random shit together. Like, my popular theory that's storming the internet, that RoboCop and that 70s show are in the same universe.
0: Go which, on. Which one were they in the same time period? Is it the no, not. snow? No, okay. Oh, it's because uh, well, of no.
2: what's his face face's dad?
1: Kurt yeah, Kurt Wood Smith. Um, you know, after Eric leaves, um he goes and you know, he 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 goes to Michigan to get to find more work cuz you know, he's good at the blue collar thing and Kitty dies and uh he stumbles into a life of crime afterwards. But like, if you think like uh, um Kurt Wood Smith but the character he plays in Robocop, if you've never seen the original, it's a masterpiece. Uh bitches leave. <laughs> yeah, I mean like he's more or less just like a very oh, yeah, like wow. he's a he's like the anti social version of uh Red Foreman. He's like the he's like dark Red Foreman. If you think you think of like his whole life goes to shit, his wife he, like the only person he likes dies, and he's just like, fuck it. Let's just let's just Breaking go terrible. Foreman? Breaking foreman yeah, basically <laughs> You know that's uh, and you know he might have murdered Bob, the Bob Pinciotti at some point. Who knows?
0: Bob from Twin Peaks. Is this where I talk about Tool?
2: The, yeah, you know
1: um, you can you can always talk. We, we never no, are you are it. you
2: are
0: you Maynard? Armando, are you fucking Maynard? <laughs> you have to do something. Creative, are you secretly
1: right? are, are you secretly a troll account made by Maynard? James you know Cannon? what?
0: One day when I've done something important, I'll continue to troll the internet, and someone will be like, "Are you Armando?" There's really always cool.
2: like you're always like opening doors. Is that you like go walking around like your vineyard? <laughs> <laughs> you're, and you're like and like you're always like oh I'm gonna be a little bit late. I'm like uh, cooking this thing in like a tandoori
0: oven. I'm uh, hand picking and crushing my grapes, uh, going around you know just finding the best ones individually.
2: Grape, grape stomping.
0: Yeah, but you get each one individually. You stomp it in a little foot shaped pan. You know one grape squasher. It's like a one hitter, but it's for grapes. Yeah, you're not gonna. You're not, what are you gonna so mix it up? Is this like a good transition into can?
2: Um, I'm gonna not. say no, but we might as well now.
1: <laughs> hey, this show is called Music Talk. It's on the website riffin'rock.com. Uh, Chris and Armando are here, so you know it's gonna be weird as fuck. Uh, How you guys
0: doing? I just like how I always have to bring it back around. You know, I thought I was the detour guy, but see how it goes. You're
1: you're definitely the one that brings it back around.
0: In today's issue of, uh, as the spoon goes around.
1: Well, see that there's a good time because uh, Can was on Spoon Records. That was their label, so uh, good work. Yeah, famously saying about
0: Spoon. Is that song about their
1: label? Uh, I don't know. I think the the label came after the song, and goddamn, what a great song! But so um, let's 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 just jump into it. Real. Uh, so the premise for this episode, this is sort of a Can episode. We couldn't decide what what to do, and I'll get to where we were, how we got to where we are. But um, short version of it was: uh, Jackie Liebetsyte and Holger Tsuke, the bassist and drummer for Can, died this year, um, and so. After Michael Cowherly died a few years ago, so the only original uh, instrumentalist left of the band is uh, Erman Schmidt, the keyboardist, and um, so we're almost out of Can members of Can outside of you know you got Damo Suzuki and Malcolm Mooney, but from the four the four core members uh, that we, we are down to the last one. I mean, I, and Can is a beautiful band. Uh, one I think one of my favorite, and now I think I know one of my favorite bands. They're just one of the most amazing groups in the world. So we were talking, you know, what, how do we, how do we honor this amazing group of musicians? And we kept saying like, let's review these albums. Let's review these albums. And we could never really make up our mind until I think it was Chris with the brilliant idea of let's, let's talk about the Lost Tapes box set, which came out uh, about, it came out in 2012.
2: Should have been and, the last album release coming out in the in the in the year of apocalypse.
1: Yeah, basically, like, hey, you don't. And really, if you listen, to... Well, and we'll get we'll, we're going to dissect it here in a second. But like, when you listen to this uh, this three CD, five LP monster running it th- over three hours long, do you really need any other albums in your life? <laughs> um, it's a great question. We may unpack it, but. Armando, you're not super well-versed in can, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, I have an interesting brief story. Uh, Back in the day when CDs were a thing, I was traveling. I was like, hey, buddy, one of my friends, give me some music. I need to learn some new music. So he gave me a bunch of can CDs. So I have like, what is it? I don't even know the names. Yago, Teo, Masin, whatever. And one that has like vitamin C and all that stuff. Or maybe it's the same one. See, I'm not versed, but I listened to a few of them a lot back in the day. And uh, I've always loved that. Jam, so it was cool to hear, you so, know, redone way, but uh, yeah, that's so about it. That and the Omar it, well, thing, which I dig,
1: right. So, and I think that, and that's actually how I got into them was number one, Omar took over a radio show back in two thousand six, and I I heard the recording, the the stream of it, and he's like, um, Can's the best da- band ever. You need to listen to Can, and they played vi- Vitamin C. I'm like, oh, this this is pretty crazy. And then Damo Suzuki appeared on an Omar album, so I'm like, this guy sounds like the cookie monster and that's great <laughs> let's go let's go check them out and so then i stumbled into can i'm like these guys are fucking a trip and i would always kind of like get into them a little bit and I would step out and get into them and step out but like yeah. every every time i would get into them i would get into them a little bit deeper and understand a little bit more like why these guys are so good and as i've started learning to play some more musical instruments i'm like jesus and like playing a band i'm like holy shit these guys are next level um, talented musicians so, tell Even me about them- the
0: improv shit because I'm all about it.
1: Yeah, so like um these so there's a lot if you look online there's a bunch of bootleg concerts you can find. And and they do have actually have a live um album release a two CD live album you can buy two, But they would it would be like oh, you would look at the track list like, "Oh, it's Spoon. I remember Spoon. Spoon's a cute little 3-minute song." And it would be 20 minutes of them just like fucking jamming in the most primordial sense. Like, just these these super hypnotic riffs, not a lot of, like, if they're soloing, the soloing is, like, not really bold-faced and out there. It's all just, like, they always operate as one super, like, as one unit, like, one collective force taking over the audience as opposed to, like, a fish or a Grateful Dead, which is, like, this guy solos, this guy solos, this guy solos, this guy's eating a grilled cheese. So, like, can was always, like, this, like, it's this ominous force that's... I, well, I do what I can um but no, not like you a
0: I meant the the band
1: right like it's just this monstrous force that like it, they kind of always moved as this collective f- power and it's like you listen to their live shows and even if it', it like oh this is this song like it barely constitutes what you heard on the studio album um and it's just it's so earth shattering and uh their album their studio albums really are these tiny snippets of jams that they were playing like just tiny little nuggets of like who they really are so uh, for me as as a jumping off point um the lost tapes really represents that it's the what else was going on when they cut up these uh these these albums so these are like allegedly tracks that didn't make it but a lot of them sound like just sort of the formation the leading up to what actually appeared on the albums and so um Chris what did you, I mean this is a huge thing we're discussing here I mean it's a monstrous collection but Chris like overall what's your perspective on the lost tapes and can in general
2: i I mean you know can is can is great they uh you know they I wouldn't call them the the prototypical um rock band I would I would I would put that at the feet of of new um but they they definitely were the most um they they were the furthest reaching of them all. Um, like uh, especially in the way that they incorporated um, electronic stuff and um, tropicalia stuff, um, you know, later on in their career and shit. And and you know, one thing that I feel that I should bring up, one little a trivia factoid that um, you know people should realize when they listen to Can is that these guys were disciples of Stockhausen. Like that's not something you really get to say every day in avant-garde classical or in you know rock music. So it's 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 a really crazy thing to behold. Um, and the lost tapes are, are really cool because they they it, it's like it's almost like like it it, it 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 does the thing that a greatest hits collection should do, which is give you a good idea of what a band is, but it's not a greatest hits collection. Um, you know, it's this bloated outtakes thing um, filled with songs that you know they just didn't have room for on the album, you know, live takes of releases that they didn't put out, bits of soundtracks for films that never got made. Um, and it just gives you um, such a good look at, you know, can existing as a band. And, um, you know, there's some really good moments. There's some moments that um, uh, were, were not so good. And, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about the both of them. <laughs> um, but, yeah, overall, I, I think it's it's a really, it's, <laughs> I don't know if I would want to push someone into this as like a first release, like poor um, Maynard James sure. Keenan did. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I was waiting. I wanted to wait. I wanted to wait. to See if that that was good. Um, but uh, I feel honored I,
0: with your uh, false title. Oh, it's no good. problem. No problem. Um,
2: yeah, I don't. I don't know if I'd feel comfortable doing that. But I. I don't know. I think it. I think it works. I think it works. Anyways.
1: Absolutely, this is not the. Hey, have you ever heard this band? Go listen to three hours of this. <laughs> This is sort of like the you've explored Can you've heard you've you've heard the demo albums. Someone told you to listen to the demo albums, so Eggbombiasi, Tagomago, Future Days, and some samplings of soundtracks. If you heard that, you might have tra- you might have sampled into Sunair over Babaluma as well. It's so, like you kind of know what Can's about, but this is like afterwards, like this is the expert level stuff. It's it's a it's deep, it's dense. I mean, you're running into a lot of tracks that are 10 minutes long, 16 minutes long um some of them are very uh avant-garde and uh challenging listens um but ultimately for me like I ha- I hadn't listened to this whole collection since it came out in 2012 and I took it all in one go the first time it came out and so I b- a lot of it left my brain um but so now I'm I listened to it a second and third time now and I'm just floored by all the cool jams in here all the cool ideas that just we're going to potentially be lost for <laughs> forever. And Chris was touching on the backstory of this. This was, they were selling off the studio where can recorded and they found all these tapes and like 30 some hours of tape and Erman Schmidt kind of went through them and wow. put together this compilation from it. So there's apparently like mountains of other material that just, you know, it's sitting in a warehouse somewhere who knows what I doubtful will ever get to listen to it. But so this is just sort of like, a a, a consortium of those of the of that tape of that footage and so you're hearing songs be formed you're hearing ideas be played with and you're hearing these guys like royally also fuck around a little bit as well there's there's some moments where it's like okay i think we got five stone dudes in a room dicking around but i think the majesty of it is you're listening to a band engage in the creative process and that for a band like can that's exciting i'm like you know as we're volta heads um that would be an ex you know, like a box set like this for Mars Volta would be or an Omar Rodriguez Lopez would be mind blowing. You like you're just listening to the creative process unfold, you're listening to the ideas come to light. Um so for me that's like I think one of the coolest aspects of this, especially from like as a musician, as a someone who plays music, like you're listening to ideas come to be, come to come to light and like they're working them out as they come along. And then when you listen to the actual studio albums, um you're like, oh, that's how they got there. That's that's really really mm. cool.
2: Yeah, especially so since like the the, the the layering thing. thing is such a big part of them. So like, you know, uh, take Omega for instance, which is my favorite Can album. Like, it's all built um, after the fact. You know, it's like a Miles Davis, you know, William Burroughs cut up technique thing. Yes. Um, so it's it's cool to hear them outside of that context, it's like, you know, this is just the straight IV drip of of what Cam was doing between 1968 and 1979, or however long this uh, collection spans.
0: Uh, Yeah, it would just be an interesting approach for me to be able to see those other albums after having heard this and see it in that organic way of almost the way as if they had created it and I'd been privy to those recording sessions before their albums came out, like the way you'd see, you know, the Cygnus breakdown as part of Drunk Ship. While they toured it live, like that's that was my favorite part of the Volta is that you're seeing a peek into that creative process, right? And I, you know, I got a good uh, run through again of the album to kind of give my own interpretation. Where you know, there's a handful of tracks, if you will, that are just clearly uh, just sort of sound experimentation. It's not even; it's more just like background noise, ambient, eerie stuff, like uh, segues, if you will. Right. Uh, th- the first half of the whole collection has a lot of this sort of garage tone, like lo-fi, guitar, kind of rock stuff going on. And then, you know, that's where I had gotten up to before I told you I was on Spoon, I think, the track. And you're like, oh yep. man, you're not even up to Pigeon, what the fuck is de- it?
2: De- dead, dead Pigeon. Dead <laughs>
0: Okay, so I listen of to that. Course, and like, oh, of shit, course, of course, it's Dead
2: Pigeon Suite. I
0: mean, like, <laughs> Dead Pigeon Suite. how could you forget yeah. a name like that? <laughs> so, and it's like, okay, I know this song, at least. I mean, that's Vitamin C or something, right? What is that? Yeah, it's Vitamin so, C. Yeah, okay, so yeah. I'm like, yeah, I know this. And then the rest of the collection is just more sick shit like that song. Like, they wrote that Vitamin C, like, you know, except for the segues and stuff. It's, like, all, like, really nicely recorded drums and, like, tight improvs and stuff. Yeah. Um. Absolutely.
1: So that, that first CD has a lot of sounds like earlier material. You're hearing a lot more Malcolm Mooney, which means it's definitely from the early days before he, as they, like he got stuck. I think they called it in the can hole and they sent him back to America. Um, appar- apparently, apparently there, the, the, the urban legend is they caught him like repeating the term, like repeating upstairs, downstairs, just those two words over and over and over again. They're like, all right, we, we might've fried him. We got to send him away. <laughs> um, so, and Malcolm was very known for very uh number one not being a great singer, but number two, um very like caveman like uh singing very repetitive, very basic lyrics. So, I mean, you got you got the song Streetcar, which is 10 minutes of him saying are you waiting for the streetcar?
2: Um or yeah, but it works. It's The that. it it crazy
0: part, it works. <laughs> No, it's cool it, shit, it, but I think the other half is a little bit more interesting to me. At least I would, like it. It's just like I don't know. There's a tone to it. It was a different era. It's a different time period. You know,
1: exactly. It's earlier. Can uh, but you got. I mean, and you're right. There's some stuff like Blind Mirror Surf, which is eight and a half minutes of pure ambient, uh, yeah. droney stuff. It's cool. It's it's a curious. It's curious. Or when darkness comes, which is just sort of Malcolm gibbering and jammering like uh, in a nonsense way.
2: Um, what about a uh, true story? That one I couldn't get over. Something about the bees. I remember him saying it reminded me yes. of. Um, have either you guys ever heard the the Miley Cyrus Flaming Lips collab album? Oh, we reviewed it on this website. Oh, okay. Well, then you know exactly <laughs> the whole to
1: Aren't there
2: aren't there several songs on there which sound exactly like True Story, where it's just like keyboard in the background and then Miley rambling like incoherently. Yes. <laughs> I, I I'll bet you never thought you would hear a Miley Cyrus can uh reference there folks.
1: <laughs> right. I remember. I really I remember, need to listen to that
0: album. I mean is it no, you worth don't. repeating it's, or is it just like a one time? I'm kinda pissed you know? if, if we are
2: gonna eventually start doing bad albums, I'm kinda pissed that you already did it because that album is bad. Oh.
1: <laughs> but it's not even fun the bad album is, just, episodes boring. Before. It was really boring except for like the hoop- oh, that's sad. Like that random nonsense of like who put the dick in the
2: pussy. Yep. And I think it's like what, seventy one minutes
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's a random. So what are song your tracks on this Lost Tapes, guys? Oh, on, oh I, thought you're to to say, I thought you were about
1: to say. I thought you about to say the Miley Cyrus album. Um, Jesus, no. I like
2: bubble wrap a lot with that fucking filthy bass. That was yes, cool.
1: bubble yeah, rap that was, was cool. great. I loved Graubau. Yep. It's just like so many cool ideas. Um, Dead Pigeon Suite. That like I I love Dead Pigeon Suite. So when you're like, oh, I'm on Spoon, I'm like, oh shit, you're in for the good stuff cuz like you could you could take mm. the studio recording of vitamin C and then like glue dead pigeon sweet after it and like make like a like just like a supercut. Um then you have uh another one I really really liked was Messer Scissors Fork and Light which was um yeah. a sort of a hashing out of the song Spoon and it's got just some yeah. the the and this is this I uh, it's for me um it's really hard to express why I love Yaki Levisite as a drummer, um, because he's not like a John Bonham, he's not like a Neil Part, he's or a, a Buddy Rich. who's doing these super crazy fills and drum solos and crazy shit like that. Like that was never his jam. But no, his dynamics you, and he his his thing is like consi- like just consistency and monotony, which don't sound like exciting things for a drummer. But he does that to this perfect T. Where you get sucked into his drum grooves. And Messer Sisters Fork in Life has some of that where you just you just get absorbed into this work he's doing that's, I think, just unbelievable. And I don't like the only other drummer that was doing anything remotely close was D'Antony Parks. Um, and, like the techno self kind of takes some inspiration from it, but like that, it just. That alone is that's like any new drummer who's like trying to do crazy like dream theater style bullshit nonsense should listen to that song and be like, this is how you should drum. Oh. Learn how to drum like this before you're gonna do all the wacky shenanigans.
2: On the um monotonous True. repetitive stuff, there's one thing um that uh one quote that I, I I heard in this uh Kraut Rock documentary that I can't remember, but um it's it's something like uh about how They were influenced by, um, Indian music and just how there's this constant drone and it's all about, like, minute background shifts as opposed to, like, constant shifting. And, like, that really puts it in perspective, like, once you realize that, um, you know, for people who don't like Kraut Rock, of which I am definitely not one of them, I love it, um... But like it, it sort of yeah. makes yeah. a little bit more sense of the the the, the supposed serility and um, you know lack of movement within the music.
1: Well, and, and I'm so glad you mentioned that because that's I've never heard that quote. And I'm, I'm guessing was it like that BBC Krautrock documentary?
2: I think it was. I think it was. Yeah, it B-
1: was really good. I just didn't hear that part. <laughs> um, but like that's when I always explain to someone. Like they're like, how could you listen to a 20 minute song like Hallelujah? And I'm like it's and like you're like it's there's nothing dynamic about it. there's nothing there's no big solos there's no crazy like j- freakouts or nothing like that it's just like every moment you're about to get bored with it it shifts just enough where you're like fuck it just like now i have to re catch on to what's going on and like it keeps just slowly changing enough where you're never fully grabbing onto what's happening and that So the origins
0: is, of techno the way that that yeah, You know, it'll just be a, a frequency shift over the whole measure, and that's your musical change. And it's just actually, you're just listening to that subtle change.
2: I just read that on the Wikipedia page for Krautrock Rock the other day. I don't know why I was on By it, way. but it was like talking about God damn it. how it's... Um, <laughs> did you write that?
0: Uh, <laughs> no, no, yeah, I went in there and edited it to make sure that it's uh, appropriate. Yeah, listen, go and content
2: as uh, uh, the the genre wik- it's had internet. influence on.
1: Is that why we don't have a new Perfect Circle album is because you're editing Wikipedia articles?
0: God damn it. Jesus. I knew it. <laughs> wow, well, I got nothing now. I had something earlier, but now – right, well, so I've been actually playing with this German uh, musician, really cool dude, Frank Bruckner. He did actually a recent improv lately and some of his old stuff. We do some oldies sometimes, and I was just like, so dude, you're into krautrock? Rock. Can you tell me about it? <laughs> And uh, you know it's pretty fascinating. So I you mean, know, I think we should dig down further with this and do some other bands uh, in the future and really explore because it's more of a cultural thing in which various bands and various genres were exploring. You know, something that is more of about a feel and a you know a socio political stance.
2: Yeah, rock, you... rock is, is not the most PC thing to call it. Like they call it cosmish music, which mm-hmm. means cosmic music. Cool. Um, and you know it's sort of like different flavors of the same thing like you know every just like uh you know left of center music happening in this era like in america we had psychedelic rock in england they had prog rock and um you know germany had this shit and you know france had and it's just all one big happy experimental rock family you know starting out but I
1: think th- Armando touches on a good thing, t- uh, a valid point, is that in a lot of ways, Krautrock wa- Kraut was this rejection, or whatever term you I use it. It was sort of this rejection of popular music, where it was almost like, you know, the Beatles had all these. I mean, obviously the Beatles had their their trippy moments. There's, you know, you can never forget Wild Honey Pie or Carnival um, of Light. That song I right. still haven't released. But but there's all these songs where it's, you know, verse, chorus, verse, uh, bridge, chorus, end of the song. Like, that was a lot of that song. Even, like, the psychedelic bands had a lot of that kind of structure, even if it was a little goofy sounding. But this was, like, this bold rejection of it where it's, like, there's not even a verse or a chorus. It's, like, it's the same riff for just mildly shifting for 15 minutes. And, like, there there's no verse. There's no chorus. Um, I mean, you listen to a song, like, even, like, a song like... Uh, vitamin c or hallelujah there's sort of something that vaguely resembles a verse in a chorus but the group the music never changes a whole lot it's just certain little parts come to the surface at certain moments like i guess that's the hook but it's not and like or other band, not even bands like can you you got bands like noah you listen to the song hero um which is this like eight minute driving pulsing rock and roll monster and, it's
2: the um, best song to drive fast at night too. by the way.
0: <laughs> so about this Stockhausen, you said that some people were influenced by him? German yeah, they, composer.
2: they Well, I mean, like, he he influenced, you know, Germany has, like, a big history of experimental music, you know, starting way back with Serialism with Anton Weber and... Um, and or excuse me, I I I forget who came first, Schoenberger or, or Webern, but they both were uh, you know pro- proponents of serial music, which is something that I can um, you know it's like pornography. I can say whether or not it's serial music, but I can't give a definition to it. It's a little <laughs> joke there for you. Um, and you know the 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 you know the late 50s, early 60s equivalent of that was Stockhausen, and so you had all these art school kids. Um, who at the same time were listening to you know like British groups and you know shit that was popular on the American radio stations um, at that time period, and it's just a synthesis of them. It's like this is what happens when you give kids who learn under um, the master of esoteric uh, experimental electronic music, um, you know, a guitar and a distortion pedal, and um, you know it's it's fucking awesome. I mean, this
1: this music when you when you put it into context like when it was coming out, I mean, so. Some of the stuff on this box set was was probably recorded in 1968, 1969, and I mean you have a you have a guy saying, "Are you waiting for the streetcar for 10 minutes?" And this is like the same year that I mean, like the first Woodstock was. (laughs) Yeah, Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, on one side of the globe, Jimi Hendrix is playing the Star Spangled Banner. On the other side, they're all smoking hash and wondering when the streetcar is showing up. Uh, It's just like it's it's this wild contrast in music and i get why i never reached the popular the popular consensus because it's it is pretty out there but i think it's i think i mentioned this before in a different episode but it's always exciting that like with the with the advent of the internet with the advent of like uh music forms and stuff people will also be like hey did you ever fucking hear of can did you ever hear of these bands they all of a sudden came to light and like somehow and the 2000s were celebrating this music that no one gave a shit about it in the late 60s early 70s.
2: Yeah like I would not pick up Ege Biosmi if I saw it not knowing who it was like okay I so, so the these titles, guys man. have like I
0: love these guys one, have too. fucking
2: pickled okra on the cover and they're singing about vitamin C and spoons get the fuck out of here I don't want to listen to this <laughs> This is ridiculous
0: it's like people who go to like you know stores and just shop by the cover and like actually just pick it by that and then it's kind of fun.
1: But you <laughs> might go, oh, that kind of looks like an Andy Warhol
2: thing. <laughs>
0: yeah. I would definitely, It's like how Omar titled his song sometimes. It's just kind of like, okay, I could see them doing that. I would like to listen to that.
1: So Armando, what were some of the songs that you really liked on this uh, collection?
0: The, uh, the third one actually really stood out to me, the third CD. Uh, and a lot of them had this great sort of, especially since I am literally walking around Brooklyn at night, Uh, That's how it felt. It's uh, just a good descriptor, I think. It's kind of like that early American jazz sound, um, but with, like, the futuristic rhythms, you know, but they have that sign of, like... uh, There's definitely some wind instruments in there, but it's a a focus on percussive stuff that I like. So, you know, like, networks of foam and... uh, that's a really cool uh, title,
2: by the way, because it does sound like the music does have like a foamy, bubbling quality to oh, it. Yeah,
0: that was really descriptive for sure. That's like kind of thing where you just like uh, name something. "A Swan Is Born" was incre- an incredible little track. I remember seeing that one. I'd look at the, the track list whenever something really. Stands you should, ch- out. if you like
2: that, and, you should uh, check out um, "Sing Swan Song." That's uh, what the um, that's like an early version of that track. Sort of like and, how Dead uh, Pigeon Suite is an early version of uh, Vitamin C and um, Messer is, is Spoon.
1: And then I know what's you're, not a, big, you're, nice you're not a you're not as much of a fan of the later can stuff, but Midnight Men is a rough draft of the later song Vernal Equinox. Which
0: one's – what's the later stuff?
1: Um, so a lot of people – well, just a little bit of a context. The later stuff is pretty much anything dubbed after Damo Suzuki left. Um, a lot of people have strong opinions that Ken had this peak when Demo was in the band, and after he left, it all went to shit. Uh, there's some fair arguments of the quality may not have been as strong, though I would argue the album "Soon Over Babaluma" is just as good um, as anything Demo related. And I, but though I would argue, I would be say there's some. It is a little bit fair that some of their Post Amo stuff is definitely not strong, especially once you get to Saw Delight. Things really go off the rails hard.
2: Yeah, I liken it to um, like post Bedlam Volta. Like those last two albums, I feel pretty universally like a lot of people are like Mets and Mets about it. And um, you know, it, it's these these later Can albums are only bad in context because you have Damo Suzuki mm. immediately following it. It's like you can't you can't follow that guy easily. Um, right. You really got to come with the A game. Well, and
1: so part of it too. Once the soon over and landed were still pretty traditional can albums, and then you get to flow motion, which is they said they had gotten signed to Virgin Records of all labels, um, because back then Virgin was just randomly signing experimental. Is it
2: because uh, only Virgin's listen to can? (laughs)
1: Well, (laughs) hi-o. I had Um, to. I had to. (laughs) But no, apparently they said that was the first time they actually had like proper uh, recording equipment and they just weren't recording off a two track and just going, all right, we we made some jams. Let's cut the tape up. They actually could like practice songs and write songs. And they're like the moment we were able to do that, the whole thing fell apart.
0: So it sort of reminds me more of like a Pink Floyd thing with uh – Without Sid Barrett, they could do it for a while, but uh, after two or three, it's just sort of. I, okay. I don't even like Dark Side of the Moon, to be honest. I, I, I think thought that's you were going to started com- to go downhill.
2: I thought you were going to compare them to uh, post Roger uh, Pink Floyd, which I was about to say that's really harsh.
0: No, <laughs> oh, I mean, like I do enjoy. I really love, like, the metal, of course, you know, and, like, uh, Uma, uh, Adam Hart Mother. Those are, like, their best albums. That came after Sid, but, Oh, God, but, I can't you know, stand Adam Hart Mother. Adam Hart Mother is oh, just a rough ride. Oh, that's the best shit ever. There's some good uh, songs on there, too, besides the actual uh, 68?
1: Trip. That's a very yes. underrated Pink Floyd
0: song. like, my favorite Pink Floyd song, uh, for sure.
1: man. Nick's Psychedelic Breakfast is an exercise Ooh. in tedium. But, Alan's hey,
0: Psychedelic you, you my cut friend. the sound effects Alan's. out of that, it's good. No, if you keep the sound effects in, it's good.
2: No, I agree. I like it. I like it with the sound effects, but like the actual musical sections it's like, are <laughs> oh, I don't know
0: what uh album it's on, but there's a song named after a field near Cambridge and I, U- had U- on, um, I had a cigar I had a cigar in Grandchester Meadows. There you go. And I listened to it while I was there. I had a cigar while listening to Uma Guma in Grandchester Meadows. <laughs>
1: I mean for the I, record. I'm I know we're a little just just to keep on the deviation for a moment. Uh, <laughs> metal Metal will always be my favorite Floyd album.
0: Worst um, to trip to. Do not trip to metal.
1: Uh, I'll keep that in mind. What uh, about no, the uh,
0: wall? What the shit? Wait, Get out of here, poser.
1: <laughs> well, the wall... The, you'll finish your trip before the wall ends. It's just like, it's fucking endless. It's, <laughs> yeah,
0: but
2: it gets weird, man. When, like... I don't know. So, <laughs> it gets weird fast like, on that album. I can't do that album. <laughs> I, I can't either, because it's terrible.
0: Oh, there you go. So, uh... Where does the three lost tapes? How does this uh, fit in the timeline of Can? Which songs are like, called away? They do
2: like a they do a nice shuffle. So like you'll get like, um, they kind of go chronological order, but they don't at the same time. So it's like Makes you know sense. the first couple of traps tracks will be from like 1968, and then they'll throw like one in from 1970 in there, and then like another 68, 69. Um, and they'll just sort of like shuffle the deck like that, which is nice because it it gives it a a logical flow because you're going chronologically, but at the same time, um, you know, mixes it up a little bit so you're not hearing the same type of can every single time.
0: I got to say, I think I'm a fan of post-demo can. Uh, As awesome as demo is and everything, it is the Cookie Monster, so... It's more about the guitar tone, though. Honestly, I think the guitar is a little bit too much with that fuzz and, like, the, you know, the earlier recording technology, and as they got, I think there's something about CAN that I love, is there's that love of precision, and the love of the acoustic timber of the instrument, especially with the progressive instruments, so when you have these really nicely recorded studio takes, it does sort of the opposite of what overly polished music does, where it's like, oh, this is too perfect, you know, get... Get some dust on those strings, please. This, these guys, like, just like, they get, like, the perfect tone out of every instrument. And the nice later recordings just really emphasize that. I've I enjoyed hearing that on this album, at least. I want to get into some of that.
1: Sure. It is funny that you say that, though, because um, the other, the other, uh, Holger Suke, the bassist, used to argue, like, they were better as a band when they sucked at their instruments.
0: Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I like, understand that mentality, he, he, though. You, you're Palmer's a little bit more argument... creative when you have. No interpretation of what you are supposed to do. You know, if you're Based, just trying yeah. to about yourself, you invent things differently.
1: Holger was the one that's like, we we got our songwriting got bad when we actually tried to write songs and we weren't as good. The, like the better we got, the worse we got as a band.
0: Yeah, um, and you then he didn't sometimes play. you can't hear that on the recordings, though. Like you might be no. functioning as a band. Uh, I don't know. know. I I think yeah. like
2: like post.
1: His, his, the thing is, though, like his argument of like, oh, we got better, is insane because like these guys were actually pretty high. I would argue really, really high level musicians from the get go. Yeah, stockhouse I mean, they were, students again. They, yeah, they were. I mean, they were in jazz. They were in jazz bands. They were like actually could like they were talking about recor- uh, composing orchestras and stuff. So like these guys had were coming into this band with a deep knowledge of music theory and performance and stuff like that. It just almost, like so their idea of like oh we got good is a little I think a little detached from reality I, I
2: think they just got more professional because like I don't know I I like um you know if we're talking like terms of like sounds I like the um you know everything before and including A more than anything else um just because it has like you know it, it has it has a nice polish to it but it, and you know that's good but like at the same time um a lot of kraut rock is is very polished and i feel that they're one of the few uh, kraut rock groups that really they they get like a little bit gritty they get their hands a little bit dirty and that's one thing that i like about them That's cool.
1: Sure, definitely. They they were they were less of the like kraut rock like you were, like Kraftwerk, Noi kind of stuff with the motoric right. beat and uh right. really pulsy drive stuff. They, these guys were a little bit into different realms and if you i know you're more into the early stuff but if you look for some like their like bootlegs from this from like 76 they are trying to like get new they like were trying out all these different singers and different backup musicians and like they were just creating all sorts of they they, they got the singer from hawkwind for like three gigs and, wait so
2: you mentioned like, before that you'd get which one got, wait hold nick turner or dave brock show it
1: was but i have i have it I, and it's like really fucking rough um like the singer's bad but like they're just on point and like so they they had no problem just like grabbing random people and going oh you're in our band now well, I mean, uh for, live on stage for the right, so unknown, to- like
2: uh you may not know this for instance armando um they the way that they got damo was he was a uh he was a busker they literally picked him up off the street so like the transition was malcolm mooney goes crazy upstairs downstairs gets, goes back to the u.s and their next move is to pick a guy up
0: off the street wow yeah, so, But you're telling me that they went from city to city finding different improv musicians. Oh, no, Damo James. does.
2: That's what he does now.
0: Oh, that's what he does nowadays. Okay. Yeah.
1: Can did a very little bit of that in their later career as they were trying to figure out what they were doing. And then they made the – I think what killed them is they – Holger left playing bass, and he then stood behind a curtain during shows and turned dials on transistor radios. They got nice. Roscoe Gee on bass from Traffic – and then everything just kind of fell apart from there. Like, it was no longer can. I anymore. do
2: I do like that track that they have with him on it. Um, I think it might be the only track with, with Roscoe on it, uh, Barnacles. It yes. sort of sounds like, like a Herbie Hancock, Headhunters type thing, which is weird, but it, it's still a pretty groovy track.
1: It's it's groovy, just like when they actually put it into, like, Hayward writing songs context. So, like, when you listen to, like, Saw Delighter, Out of Reach. And, out, like, the band yeah, is owned no Out of sense. Reach. Yeah, it makes no sense. You're like, oh, this doesn't this doesn't work at all. It's 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 too rough around the edges. I was gonna say really quick, um, Chris, if you like that rough kraut sound, you might want to check out the band Flow de Cologne. Um, oh, I haven't heard of this. This is good. They 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 have a album called Fleece Bond Babies Beat Show, and it is just a fucking train wreck of silly nonsense. Um, I, it sounds funny if I knew if my uh, high school German could carry me a little bit fun, farther, but uh, it's Who a little knocked. off. It, Who didn't? Yeah, it's 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 a hoot.
2: Political satire music, okay. Yeah. Even though um, I won't be able to get any of the jokes because I assume that they uh, write in German. It, it's, <laughs> it's all in German. Okay. Oh, their first album is called Vietnam. Check. <laughs> 60s, baby.
1: Hey, political commentary. Um, overall, uh, I, I, I'm hard-pressed to... Recommend this because this I mean, number one again. It's three hours long. It's a huge collection of music. Um, Call a sitter. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> go, go in the basement. Get your CD, get your CD player or your record player out, and you know, light light some incense and just kind of get sucked into it. I guess, but or just uh,
0: step outside your door, put on some headphones, and walk until your feet hurt.
1: There you go. Um, I mean, I love I love this box set. I can't think of another band that has like a similar type of fly on the wall exposure to like what a band was doing in the studio. Um, But it's like, if you're not a can fan, are you going to want to listen to this? Is the, is the million dollar question here.
0: Is that really what people watch your show for? Is that what we're here for?
1: I don't, well, like, well, obviously we always talk about, like, do we recommend listening <laughs> checking something out? Do we not? And, yeah, like, there's a the whole we...
0: spectrum. Like, if you haven't heard of Ken before, I would say you should totally check this out and be like, what the fuck? And then go listen to some of their stuff.
2: <laughs> here, here's what I would say. So that, you know, you can, you can make two, two decisions here. You can say, all right, I want to watch the Ken Burns Vietnam documentary yes. or you can be like, I want to watch We Were Soldiers. We Were Soldiers being a single album and uh the Ken Burns documentary being The Lost Tapes. And um it's it's really it, it it depends on, you know, what you're in the mood for. I I would feel a lot easier I I would feel this is a lot easier to recommend if it were two discs. I think this would have made uh like a like a, you know, show stopping Stop the Presses uh double album um if they if they'd trimmed it down a little bit more. Um, right, so
0: the songs that are songs, would you say that they're B-sides or just literally lost? Like, oh, this would have been stuff that would be an album, this is lost. the quality of the album. Like, it's not just B-sides. It's like an album's worth of music mixed in with extra stuff. Well, Two I mean, albums it's, worth of music.
2: That's that's it's- sort of hard to define because of the way that they operated. You know, just like piecing stuff together. Like, um, sure. You know, if you'd listen to... Dead Pigeon Suite, you know, and that was the only libretto about um, you know, what we now know as Vitamin C, it's like, would you say that that is a, you know, well, like that's a, kind a legit of cutting, song? If we
0: took those songs out and said that these are, instead of the alternate takes and the live versions and the things that later became those Well yeah, those no, that's,
2: things, that's what I'm saying I'm if just saying We took saying those like, out, you know, how much
0: is that left is, a, would you call like a collection of b-sides versus original songs in high quality that just happened to be lost? I think
2: they're just thoughts,
0: you know they're just. Oh, it's more like B sides, yeah, yeah. So but, I mean, like, like it's uh, mostly a collection of B sides throughout their career.
1: Well, I don't. I, I, it's hard. It's hard for me to call them B sides because B sides like a fully, justed song that at some point just didn't make it onto the album, you know. So and, not even B
0: sides, you'd say. But so some like, of them are better than B sides. Some of them, I think. Oh yeah, but so like these. Are,
1: so there are, well, I think, some a couple things you could argue are would constitute as a in in the can world a b-side and so that was like my thought i think armando you bring up a good point because that was sort of my thought going into this is like some of this like i keep going back to streetcar but i would say streetcar or million spiel some of those earlier like earlier songs on here definitely almost sound like a complete song like a complete idea that just some reason didn't make it onto the album for one reason or another um and then there's a couple other things on here that clearly were just some fucking arounds that just didn't make it Um, like The Loop, which I think has a typewriter as the backing rhythm. Um, There's some ideas there where I'm like, not, I don't think this is, this was just sort of like, it reminds me of when I'm rehearsing with my band and, you know, we'll jam for 15, 20 minutes and then we'll re-listen the recording. We're like, all right, what can we pull from here that we can turn into a song? And this for me is like listening to a band's 20 minute jam and then they would go later and go, let's pluck it. So you have some stuff like that. You do have, I think, some genuine B sides, and then you randomly have like random live cuts, which I yeah, have a live
2: cuts I didn't get. I don't understand what those are doing in there. Those are well, just padding, you know. They,
1: they're pa- They're padding, and they're frustrating to me. Because I love. I mean, they're great. They sound. They great. are. That's yeah, not, they are. That's great. not the problem. The problem that drives me nuts is so. Let's look, just the example. Spoon is from uh, is from the concert Paris Olympia, uh, nineteen seventy three. Uh, I have the full bootleg. There's a full bootleg of it in um, a lower quality than than what's being posted here. So clearly, these guys have an archive of live material yeah. they are sitting on and they're not releasing, and that drives me fucking insane. <laughs> because well, it's can- a good. Maybe
0: there will be another lost tape. So maybe these are the only ones worth printing to them. Well, obviously they, they can't be because if, they were able, the if they're
1: if they're able to get that cut of spoon. They clearly have the other, like...
0: Yeah, maybe Howard it wasn't thi- worth publishing thi- to them. Howard... You know how picky musicians can be. They'll be like, nah.
1: I I <laughs> I would... Okay, as a fan, I would say absolutely not. Because if you the listen Lost to... Lost Tapes the, 2?
0: Would you listen to a Lost Tapes 2? It's three more... I, would listen,
1: to like, I would listen to a Lost Tapes 6, where it's just Demo eating um, a curry and, you know, talking about... What was on German television last night? I think
0: you're right that these aren't. You think, think uh, Damo watches TV? Their ideas, and some of them are album quality, and some of them are flies zipping in the back. Maybe. Yeah, but it reminds I would, me. A, I don't
1: know. It reminds me a little bit of like the the 2013 Mars Volta leaks, where like there was a couple like genuinely completed songs, yeah. on there, and then there was some like not That's cool. done stuff.
0: It's good if you already Um, like Can. Like, you should totally check this out. It's not B sides. Skip around a little bit. See, find your favorite period and listen to some cool shit. It's definitely, but uh, you know, yeah, it's it's not B sides. So, but some, you know, Radiohead has has great B sides, but not a lot of bands have B sides as good as them.
1: Right, I would argue for anyone that's like, if if you listen to Can, check this out. If you haven't listened to Can. Um, and you're, you've you heard about them, you've heard the rumors, you've heard the mumblings, like listen to first 30 minutes, and if you're like, oh, this sounds pretty cool, then go pick up the albums, then come back to this once you've gone through some of the studio albums, because I think this is more, I would I'd say skip straight
0: thing. to Dead Pigeon Suite and just hit play for there <laughs> and the rest of the night is very good. I just, uh, I, the, yeah. the
1: guitar sound a million spiel, that like, oh wow. To me, is just you can't you can't skip that. You can't what, that skip is a that. cool
0: track. I, they definitely start with like the upbeat rock stuff, which is cool. So it's got that going for it. You put it on, and it's good driving music.
1: Uh, this album, this I, I I'm probably gonna end up having to buy the vinyl box set. I, I I skipped it last when it first came out, but now I'm like, you know what? I think that ninety bucks has to leave my pocket because I need to own all five LPs. I just I love this. I it, it's hard to recommend, but I I love. This collection of music and there's so many bands I love that I would love to have a collection like this where it's just them fucking around in the studio and just like all the cool ideas they came up with that they for mm-hmm. some reason were like this is not going on the studio album this is not going out there. See, that's what and I'm I...
0: trying to do with my SoundCloud before I'm a band that anyone cares about so it's all there from the get go and you can just tap in whenever you want. Right. You can catch up you know there's hours of music just go have fun. one day we'll be good.
1: Beautiful. Well, I'm not sure what else to to add. To it. Any any uh, last minute thoughts on the lost tapes?
0: Uh, mm-hmm. I guess Chris, you uh, recommend it to a stranger? Uh, like, I'm
2: like on the fence because you know, in in one in one sense, it is pretty unique because it does give you a pretty good glimpse inside of you know thought processes, which is something that. You know, I'm trying to think, you know, objectively too, you know, not just bands that I do like and um you know, I just I can't think of anyone who would put out a collection like this, um, which makes it pretty unique. And so, you know, I feel like this is um I don't know. I, I definitely wouldn't listen to the first thirty minutes and then come back because, you know, by the time you get to the end of this collection it is a right. very, very different band.
0: Yeah, uh, totally. <laughs> That's but, what happened uh, to me. I listened to the first half, and I'm just like, oh my god, there's it's how, much, how long is it? But then the rest of it was actually really good. So, I don't know. Mixed bag. Fair enough.
2: It's good. It's It's great driving music. If you have True. a long drive. Um, just remember to know.
0: occasionally you space out, and you're listening to some gerbils argue. Next track.
2: Yeah. It took the words right out of my mouth, man. Must have been good when driving. you were kissing me.
0: Oh. Yeah, since. Meatloaf, baby. <laughs> So, uh, how about you guys? You got any shout outs? Because I got one.
1: Um,
2: no. I want to shout out to DMX for always keeping it real and letting everyone know that uh, this isn't a game, it's real life.
0: That's what I'm talking about.
1: And for always giving it to us.
0: <laughs> always.
1: <laughs> X always gonna give it to you.
2: Yeah, man. He's not a nice person. That- DMX or DXM?
0: <laughs> oh, DMB.
2: <laughs> Wait. Yeah, there yeah.
0: go. That's what's hard. That's what's up. Uh, yeah. Shout out. Shout away. I have to. I have to tell of all our crucial fans out there about the trip to Greece, and then uh, I'll be gone for two weeks because I'm uh, excited. So there you go. You can hear my voice, right? Yeah. yeah. You sound. Uh, you
2: guys, it's weird you, you, you guys sound more like Maynard it, so. than you usually do because you're letting um, your guard down.
0: Well, I just want all my tool fans to know that uh, the Secret Tool Show will be in Athens on October 11th, sometime before this show airs. And probably a few weeks before this show airs. So if you're listening to this, unless sh- I
1: unless I edit this really fast and get it out just to stick it to you,
0: <laughs> you can try that. I'm not trying to make fun of you. It's just a fact of life, you know.
1: Yeah, I take a long time to edit these.
2: Yeah the
1: fact that Alex is a poor so.
0: worker
2: is just a fact of life that's what Armando's saying
0: <laughs> maybe we should uh, be less editable
2: it, yeah like, man well, it's, eating
0: less editing
1: it, it, it's more that my uh, you know, stop valorizing my, 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 us my my, re- my regular job eats up a lot of my time you, you know my my regular go capitalism I work for the government
0: yeah
1: that was stupid <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks to y'all for coming. Uh, join us next time where we do another thing.